All right, we are under 24 hours away from the NHL trade deadline. These last two weeks, man, it has been wild, and it is Trade Center tomorrow, and Pierre Lebrun, our TSN Hockey Insider, is in studio. So we're up on TSN, too. The O-Dog is supposed to be back. He left his computer. He, he was where I was. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'll probably come back and walk right in, but sorry, you can get close and personal with Frankie. Yeah. Good. yeah. We haven't we'll had fight. you in studio in a long time. I uh, I work a lot from the home studio now, as you guys do. Yes, often. absolutely. And, uh, yes, but today and tomorrow are big days. Yes. Especially tomorrow. Everyone's going to be in there tomorrow, yeah. right? Like, it's a, it's going to be a whole different vibe. And it's exciting. And I'm curious, what is still left here, Pierre? What's your read on Ooh, what boy. happens between now and, and tomorrow at 3 o'clock? Yeah, th- this is like me in 1989 realizing I'm out of Molson X and I'm on till about 50. <laughs> but um, I might get in trouble for that somehow. I don't no, know. that's fine. No, there's still some some players out there, and uh, you know we just did insider trading. I mean, it's intriguing. For example, uh, to me, what Montreal will or won't do with Joel Edmondson, um, who may finally play tonight after being out for more than a month. And you know, I spoke to one team today that said we need to see him play before right. we decide whether or not we're making an offer. Really, but so many defensemen have been traded that there aren't a lot of options left for teams who missed out on, on the bigger names. Now, he's got another year on his deal, so the Habs don't have to move, and they can wait till next year to do that. But but that's an intriguing situation, depending on the cost. I think the Calgary Flames are, are, are interesting to me. They may end up doing nothing. They may do a few things. They're right on that line. They're the worst position possible for a GM on the eve of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. They're, one of, they're one of only four teams that have not made an NHL trade um, since uh, Bo Horvat got dealt. Wow. I mean, everyone's made a trade other than four teams, and Calgary's one of them. So are they buyers or sellers, though? This is it. I, I think there's a chance there's, there's a bit of both if it's strategic tomorrow. I will tell you this. I think tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs looms large for Calgary's decision-making. You think mm-hmm. one, one, one game? Yeah, because they're starting to go backwards in that wild-card race in the yeah. West. And, and they're trying to get a read on this team. The, the, the players are supposed to tell the GM what to do here. Um I think the Flames, uh, for example, have shown interest on a guy like Joel Edmondson. Uh, they'd like to, to bolster their blue line. But if they get blown out tonight by the Toronto Maple Leafs, they wake up tomorrow and say, are, are we listening on someone that we weren't previously listening on? I don't know. I, I really think that it comes down sometimes in the final week for the deadline where you're trying to get a sense of what your team is about. Yeah. Right? I think Calgary's one of those teams. But what what if for Calgary, like if they don't get blown out and it's one of those games, they're in it, they're hanging around, don't you feel like with all the grunt work that Brad Trey Living did all summer to like remanufacture that roster, don't you think maybe he, even though the players maybe haven't shown him as much, like he wants to kind of see it through and say like, I yes. did all this work. Yeah. I'm not just saying like, I'm done here now. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think he'd rather add than not. I know from talking to someone there today that they don't feel they can spend a high-end asset for a short-term solution, that they really have to be strategic here if they add someone. Um, you know, the tough thing for them is they've given up the second-fewest shots on goal in the league, I believe, but can't get a save. Yeah, Like, you can do a lot of the roster altering you want, but at the end of the day, if Jacob Markstrom doesn't get right, talking about a guy who was nominated for the Vezina Trophy last year. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get right, I don't think it matters what you do. I mean, that's the problem right now. Gosh. But conversely, if he does, I don't think it's 
ridiculous to suggest Calgary could make noise big in time. the West. Like, if they are built for the playoffs, they're big, they're bruising, they're defensively sound, and if Markstrom plays like a top-five goalie, which he has done throughout his career, mm-hmm. the West, why not? Well, Why couldn't they beat a team uh, like Dallas in the first round? The West is wide open. I, I think Colorado getting healthier is the cream of the crop again. If they can finally get there, they're not there. Linus Cog hasn't... How, you know, he may not be back till the playoffs or right at the end of the race. What is the issue there with Landis Cog? Like, it was so, supposed to be three months, was it not? Yeah, so it's been a long road back. He, he, he had his second knee procedure in uh, in the span of 12 months. He had one last March, and he had one again in October. Okay. And it's been a long road back recovering from that. And they want to be um, ultra careful with Landis Cog and not rushing back. You know, make sure that when he comes back, he's back for good. And um, but if Colorado, the way they've been playing, but the West is what. Look at the Pacific Division standings. You know, Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle. You know, uh, Calgary. Um, you know, they're all there. L.A. Kings. Mm-hmm. Anyone can win that division within the last twenty games of the year. So that is there. But a lot of those teams have made moves. Edmonton has signaled, we've done everything we can with no cap room. We've added Ekholm. We've added Bukestad. That's pretty aggressive for a team that had no cap. Well, and again, I think if what would would lead me to be kicking myself if I was Calgary is Vegas doesn't have a goalie. They had to go out and get Jonathan Quick. I don't know what's going to happen with him. L.A. knew they didn't have goaltending. They had to go get Corpus Solo. Edmonton has not been thrilled with their goaltending. Skinner, Skinner's had some really good stretches. He's been better, yeah. but he doesn't have playoff history. The one team, if you include Calgary and I guess Seattle, like Calgary should be comfortable with their goaltending. They should right, be looking yeah. at their goaltending and saying, we don't have to worry about that. Well, Let everyone else figure out their problem. Also, especially when you add in the fact that their defensive metrics or numbers are one of the best in the league. Right. Like, they're very good at suppressing high-quality chances. Big time. But to your point, Pierre, it's like, can't get a save. Hmm. Yeah. Routine play, can't get a save. I mean, I, so if they make a move tomorrow, I think it's to bolster the blue line. I think that's the move. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, there's so much pressure on that team. Don't forget the other thing. I mean, you guys are assuming that it's all about the Pacific Division for Calgary. If they make it in as a wild card, they may have to cross over. And, and I think Colorado is going to win the Central by the end of this regular season. They're red hot right now, that's for sure. Well, I would say, Pierre LeBron in studio, the Calgary of the East is Ottawa because Ottawa's five points out of the playoffs. Now, they got to jump over more teams. Calgary yeah. only has to jump over one. Ottawa's got to jump over a number of them, but they are red hot. And yeah. Jacob Chikrin joins them tonight against Patrick Kane and the Rangers. That's going to be electric at the Garden tonight. But that, that's showtime against the against the red hot senators. Absolutely. And, and by the way, the Rangers have not quite been right over the last. They look great. Right? Uh, it's interesting to me, and you know, Tarasenko scored the big OT winner the other night. But until then, he was sort of feeling his way. And you know, what's this going to be like for Patrick Kane, who has never played for another NHL team, and how long will it take for him? I think it's fascinating. Um, the other thing I would say is that uh, with Ottawa, I, I think it's it's interesting, Pierre Dorio said this this morning in New York, the media, but it's something I had heard a few months ago. He had promised Claude Giroux in September that he was going to trade for a top four defenseman by by the end of the year. And so he got it right under the wire. <laughs> with uh, How do you make that promise? Well, I mean... I mean, how do you not, though, really? Like, you're going into the season and everyone can look at your roster and say, okay, you, you did a lot, but something still doesn't add up here, mm-hmm. right? And... But isn't like a three-year deal at six and a half million? That seems like a pretty good commitment. Like with all, you know, yeah, yeah. Why do you no. have to promise Claude Giroux that you're going to do something? He, 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 he probably because he was in either way. But I mean, I think that that as Claude 
was buying into the vision of this team that was going north, arcing north, mm-hmm. is that he wanted to know what the other plans were because he's that kind of guy. He's he's like a lot of these great players that thinks about the game and the industry and how teams are building. Will Giroux's that way. Um, yeah, they're listen. If if the goaltending holds up, the Senators are fascinating to me in terms of feels like they're playing with house money and they're a dangerous yeah. team to play right now. No kidding. Well, and like you hear Cam Talbot's name sometimes as far as teams maybe who need a little insurance in net. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't think Ottawa wants point. to sell at this point. Why, why I, I think they want to. I think they, yeah. and it's not just about whether they make it or not. It's still the odds are against them. I think the fact that they're playing meaningful games in March. Today's today's March second, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, something like that. But 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 the as long as they don't completely go south here, they'll be playing meaningful games right to the end of regular season, which was what the objective was this year. So I don't think they want to sell. With Pierre LeBron, our TSN Hockey Insider. Uh, so Tyler Bertuzzi's on his way to Boston. Orlov already there. Hathaway already there. You got Taylor Hall now on long-term IR. And, and Nick Foligno. So Foligno and Hall has, have injuries that worry the Bruins. Don Sweeney said today one of them could possibly need surgery. Okay. Is, is, so that forced the Bertuzzi move. Pretty good force. Yeah. I mean, you put Bert, Bertuzzi's a, playing on any lineup in the league. He may be on the third, fourth line, but he's a good player. Mm. This is the rich getting richer. I mean... Boston, yeah. what stops Boston, in your opinion? Well, the health, I mean, it's funny. We just talked about Hall and Foligno getting hurt. To me, staying healthy is a big deal. Oh, uh, you could say that about every team. Okay, but aging Patrice Bergeron, even, you know, aging David Krejci, it's not an ins- insignificant point with the way this team is built. So that's number one for me with Boston, especially now with the Hall and Foligno injuries. Will they exercise load management coming down the stretch? I think there's no question about it. And, and, and because the Bruins are... The Bruins were the first team in the league that I can recall that actually brought in the sports science on the goalie starts. Remember, they brought in, first it was, uh, uh, I think, Halak and then Hudobin. They were limiting Tuka Rask's starts years ago, and the other teams are going, what are they doing? They're paying that goalie all that money. He's only playing 50 games. The Bruins are absolutely on that. No question. Hmm. Pierre Lebrun in studio. So the Leafs have been the most active team in the league. I'd say so. It's been wild. <laughs> and yet, everyone is grieving. What a gift to overdrive every day. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's Although, they owed us because the O'Reilly deal went down at 10 on a Friday. So Tell me about it. Long had, weekend, too. And it was a long weekend. But everyone, you know how this town operates. All right, what are you going to do next? Go get a goalie. Who else can you get here? Like They're not I'm, getting a goalie. They're not getting I mean, a goalie. They're not get, let's put it this way. I don't want to put it against them that they bring in a depth guy. But they're not upgrading their goaltending. Right. This is... It's Samsonoff and Matt Murray. They made their bed last summer, and Kyle Dubas is seeing it through with their goalies, in my opinion. That's what I'm hearing. Um, are that- they done done? Mm-hmm. I think they're I think they feel there's a very good chance they're done. The only thing is if someone paid up for one of their D that they feel they can live without, maybe they make that move tomorrow. But I know that they feel right now that they're comfortable with who they are after all these moves. And and to be honest, and I was talking to someone from another team today who said, oh, boy, that's a lot of moves. He said, good for the Leafs for being aggressive, but now they need this to stabilize. They need to give this group a chance to come together in the last 20 games of the regular season. Is there More any- than enough time. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Especially with good players, good guys, right? Like, I always talk about we bring in quality guys. Like, those are the guys that will figure it out that the easiest, I guess. But is there anything that you're thinking maybe off the board, someone's going to do something that you weren't expecting? So a couple of teams are wild cards for me. One is Vancouver. 
Um, you know, they for sure were talking to a team this week about JT Miller, but it didn't transpire. The guy's extension hasn't even kicked in yet, so I, I'm curious. Again, it seems unlikely. Is that an eight-year? Yeah, and it's unlikely to me that they can move that in the next 24 hours, but I'm just saying the fact that I know they had that conversation, it's like, was it the other team trying to get him? So you never know how those conversations happen, but that's interesting to me. You know, they traded, uh, you know, first and second for a top four defenseman yesterday. I think they're unpredictable is what I'm saying. So Vancouver is a team to watch. Uh, we talked about Calgary before we walked into a dog. I mean, they haven't done anything in the last month because they're kind of stuck in the standings. I think Winnipeg's another interesting team. Uh, I know they traded for Niederreiter, but let's be honest here. After this year with the Jets, and you know that Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't committed his future to that team, and if Dubois is gone this summer, what does that mean for Shively? The window might be now for the Winnipeg Jets for this particular group. So do you not owe it to that group to maybe try and make another move tomorrow? How did Carolina... My old team, mm. one of my old teams, go from being in on Meyer mm-hmm. to Pugliarvi. So, <laughs> listen. <laughs> That's a big transition, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they end up adding Pugliarvi and uh, Shane Goss's bear uh, this week. Um, as of right now, they're not close on anything. And that could change tomorrow. If you remember last year at 2.59 Eastern, the deal almost didn't go through. Right before the deadline, they added Max Domi for next to nothing. I, so I think they're bargain hunting maybe tomorrow, or they could do nothing, I was told today. They were totally all in on Timo Meyer. I mean, they offered up six pieces for Timo Meyer last weekend. And they were told it wasn't as good as New Jersey and not as good as Vegas. So they were out on that. But, oh, dog, the reason they were in on Meyer to that degree and not to some of these rentals is that Meyer was going to be a long-term play for them. They wanted him to stick around. But what I don't understand, Pierre, is they've got such a good team, and it seems like all the other quality teams are making transactions, and it's not all about the transactions. Just because you make them doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything. Yeah. But I know Rod Brindamore because he learned from Peter Laviolette. It's like, get some guys for reinforcements. You saw them sputter last year against the Rangers in the playoffs. Why would they want to take? Yeah, yeah. why would they want to take the and, chance and again, of that happening again? And my understanding is that they talked to Detroit last night about Tyler Bertuzzi. Clearly, didn't want to pay a first round pick, which is what it cost Boston. They talked to Chicago over the last twenty four hours about Max Domi, but didn't want to pay that price. So it's not like they haven't looked at the market, but they're really protecting some of their future assets as well. Pierre LeBron, our TSN Hockey Insider. Uh, you mentioned Joel Edmondson, but we haven't really talked about Montreal, the only Canadian team we haven't focused on. Who can they get rid of between now and tomorrow at 3, and how bad can they get? Because the race is on. They're not going to catch Columbus. Why do they keep winning games is but what I want to know. They like, <laughs> play hard for Marty. They beat man. San Jose the other night. Yeah. But why, you know, San Jose's an awful yeah, team. Yeah. But, like, what, they, you got to be thinking, you, you're committing at this point. Everyone's being shut down. Everyone's being told to leave. Yeah. Like, they're trying to lose in Montreal. There's not a lot for them to do. I mean, listen, I know a couple of teams that would love to get their hands on Josh Anderson, Mr. Playoffs, Mm -hmm. but Montreal's like, all right, this, that. I mean, the overpay is dramatic if you want to get your hands on him. So I don't think. Why would that be the case with his ticket being as expensive as it is? But they don't view it as expensive. They believe that by the time they turn this team around, that he'll still be that unicorn power forward player that will fit age wise Mm -hmm. with the rest of the group. And I think they're right. Now, that doesn't mean they can't move him if someone steps up. But I, don't, I just don't see that in the next 24 hours. Outside of Edmondson, is, does a team want to look at Sean Monaghan and say, despite what the NHL memo said this week, <laughs> and say, is there something there? 
Um, I don't see Jonathan Druin moving. I don't see Mike Hoffman moving. Um, you know, it could be a rather quiet deadline outside of Edmonton. Mm. Who may not move, by the way. He's right. another year in his deal. How quick does a team have to turn it around if they land the golden nugget, Connor Bedard? Like, when you get that guy, it's kind of jokes over, isn't it? Um, yeah. You don't, you don't want to stink for another five years. And, and think about it. Dude, I mean, you don't want to stink any years. Like, what if Arizona wins the lottery? And I'm not trying to – everyone was kicking dirt on Arizona in the last 24 hours. And, and you know, someone tweeted out today, 56% of their roster right now is taken up by dead money. How can you not kick dirt at that? Yeah, they know. I'm Certainly. sorry. Uh, like, all it, of it. But if you're the NHL, aren't you secretly hoping – that the league claims all the time they don't care who, who wins the lottery, but – you got to be hoping for Chicago or Anaheim or Montreal no or, or a market like that. Or Connor well, especially with like everything that they that goes on there. But what about the arena? Like, is is that actually so, done? Is that pen to paper, or is that so, still just like in the air? So, Frank, there's a huge uh, uh, vote coming in Tempe in May, in mid-May, and that vote is the game in May now. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's, the it's vote. In May. They kick yeah. the can down the. No, road I know, but that that like before Christmas, I was like, that's common. It just seems oh. like it's always something, Pierre. I hope they build it. I like that market personally, but I love it. Yeah, but you just got to look at what's going on. It's it's crazy. If he ends up there, it's an embarrassment. It is. Like they, they, it. You better find a way to rig the lottery so Bedard does not end up there. <laughs> cool. But you know, the, the last envelope that you have, you can't have him playing again in front of college students at like maybe two thousand. I think they're getting like two thousand some it's, nights. I mean, I'm sorry, you just you you. I'd lo- I'd love to see that market figure it out though. Having been sure, there, I-, I was there when they went to the conference finals in 2012, and that place in Glendale was backed, and they were playing LA. Beautiful weather. They, they just they need a rink. They need stability at ownership. You know, I mean, the yeah. obvious things. What's What's Detroit doing? Like they trade Hironic. They trade. I, I think Disney, Detroit could still sell. Larkin. Yeah, I think Detroit could still sell in the next 24 hours. Uh, I, I, by the way, I love when a GM says, "I know we're not that far out of it, but I'm going to be honest." <laughs> like I, I love what Steve Eisenman's doing. He's like, you know yeah. what? Even if we slid in, are we beating Boston? Like, come on. They're so getting he, smoked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, Suter is a possibility to move. Uh, you know, Jacob Verano is interesting to me. I know he cleared waivers earlier this year. The guy has all the tools, um, you know, obviously, you know, went through the program and, and now is out of it. I hope he gets a second chance. I believe in second chances. The guy's gifted. And, boy, if I was a team tomorrow. He was and, a good player, man. Yeah, and if nothing else works out, if you're a team tomorrow, could you make it work and Detroit retain some salary? He could be a nice story. Yeah, Detroit is interesting because they signed Larkin. He gets his eight years at almost $9 million, I believe. And then Pasternak today one-ups that with an eight-year deal at 11.25, I believe. 11.25, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that, I, I give credit to Boston the way they operate. They let a guy like that get all the way through almost his free agent season, and they never even care. Look how they're playing. It didn't affect them. It didn't, didn't affect, affect him, him either, by the way. Not whatsoever. And I appreciate an athlete who doesn't say, I'm only going to concentrate on the season. You can do both. Your agent's the one knocking no out the kidding. details he, he, anyway. He comes to you with a little status update yeah. every so often. This is what you can get. That was, Take it or uh, leave it. Both sides did a good job keeping a lid on it for the most part, but I can tell you from behind the scenes that that negotiation was an absolute grind from September to this week, and it never stopped. They talked every couple of days from September to now to get that deal done. There was a lot of give and take in that negotiation. Really? Yeah. Is that about like signing bonuses, no movement clauses, stuff like that? All of it's it. It's that hard to figure out when the guy's that good. Well, because the Bruins have a cap culture that is hard to, uh, you know, 
you know, I mean, he on the open market, he's a $13 million exactly. player. He gave them a discount. For sure he did. But good on his rep, his rep J.P. Barry, for still getting it to 11 5 when some people are like, no one's making double digits in uh <laughs> Well, he deserves Boston. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you want to stay there, that makes it complicated, obviously. But, you know, Pasta, he's a hell of a player, man. He's a hell of a player. All right, Pierre, we'll catch you tomorrow. Trade breaker. Does. We will be there. I think there's maybe a, a music video that James Duffy and uh, a guy here is starring in. That's what I've heard. It debuts tonight at one of the intermissions. You're in it. You can't even tell us if it's the first or second intermission. Duffy told us yesterday, and I have no idea. I think it's that was two first. days ago. Right? You might see someone in a Hartford Wheeler oh, jacket in it, first. too. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All, right. All right. We got a lot of cameos tonight. First intermission, it'll be debuted. So are they knocking the quiz out? Does the quiz get knocked out for the music video? No way. You doing a double dip? The quiz never gets knocked out. The quiz is always lurking. It's always around. All right, Pierre. We'll catch you tomorrow, buddy. Right on, right on. There he is, Pierre LeBron, our TSN Hockey Insider. How about Mike McCarthy taking a run? Taking a run at your former offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, my lookalike, my doppelganger. Saying what? Basically that he just cared about putting up points, which obviously is he's the, the offensive coordinator. But McCarthy, I, I, I'm a little nervous about him calling the offensive plays. It's not going to go year, well, but, dude. Uh, it's not going to go well, I'm telling you. And Dak throwing picks. That's the new Dak. <laughs> that's the new Dak, not the old Dak. It's the new Dak. Could be. Anyway, Jordan Love. Anyway, good luck with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Thank, Jordan Love. We don't mention Aaron Rodgers anymore. Jordan Love is my quarterback. What's going on with your brother? <laughs> I don't know. He's probably on <laughs> ayahuasca and in a hole somewhere. All right, Pierre. There's Pierre LeBron, our TSN Hockey Insider. Best bets brought to you by FanDuel still to come. Overdrive continues. TSN 1050 and on the TSN app.